Are you an architect, designer, contractor, or engineer? Modeler.com is a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com's engaged network of over 240,000 architects, designers, and construction professionals use Modeler.com's tools to discover, discuss, and specify products appropriate for building projects. We at KZSU Stanford thank Modeler.com for the generous underwriting of production and broadcasting costs for The Modern Architect. KZSU, Stanford University's FM radio station, broadcasting across the Bay Area on 90.1 FM and across the world at kzsu.org. From the campus of Stanford University, this is the Modern Architect radio show and podcast, featuring one-on-one interviews with renowned and cutting-edge architects, influencers, and sustainability leaders. The show and podcast will inform, educate, and illuminate the transformation, joy, and inspiration architecture brings to our cities, communities, and lives. Hosted by architecture aficionado and principal of Accurate, Tom Dioro. Thank you. Thank you, Darlene. For our guest today, please welcome Jason Doctor, founder and president of Shine On LED, located in a 3,000 square foot commercial space in San Francisco, California. Shine On LED creates custom LED lighting fixtures for discerning clients and produces light and lighting solutions for the retail fixture industry and develops custom and one-of-a-kind LED fixtures. For more information, feel free to visit www.shineonled.com. That's shineonled.com. Hello, Jason. We're honored and excited to have you on the Modern Architect Radio Show today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's great to be here. (laughs) We're happy to be here. Jason, can you share with us, I know we touched on a little bit before we uh, began our interview, but what inspired you, if you can look back where you are now, to where, if there were any galvanizing moments early on, as far as you can recall, that kind of were an epiphany, so to speak? uh, Many, many uh, examples of really what drove me. The first time that I saw industrial design uh, in the early 90s, I was hooked. <laughs> uh, it was an obsession from the minute I saw it. And it just, I knew I needed to create with my hands, but also kind of take it to another level and create with uh, a digital platform too. Uh, and that married uh, Silicon Graphics, which is a 3D uh, computer yeah. with industrial design. And my second year of college, I was part of a uh, a program with a company called Alias Wavefront then, and they gave um, a computer, which I still have uh, right there, and the software to students at a 70% discount. So I took out a loan and decided that was my path and focused my industrial design path on bringing ideas to life through sketches, but then uh, what we call art to part. So I would uh, take a sketch and be able to turn it into surface data very quickly. And that kind of morphed into having designers behind me, uh, them sketching ideas, me sketching, and then turning it into a model within an afternoon. 
An that, afternoon? That, yeah. So, well, it depends on the complexity of the surface and things like that. But, but that was kind of the goal is to get to something tangible very quickly. Yeah. I noticed that's somewhat of a theme is you have a, um, there's a speed factor that you have in addition to the quality mm-hmm. of that. Right. Yeah, you is that have by to, design. Yeah, well, you, you have to, you have to be up to speed where you can produce an object quick enough where you can go through the design phase and work with a team and actually bring it to life and not spend you know months and months and months on something. Just do it quickly, and yeah. it could be a level of A, B, or C. You know, you just want to be able to get those ideas out and get them out quickly and turn them into data where you can turn on a mill or an FDM machine or an SLA machine or a, or a three axis mill and then have it produced. Yeah. So that production level to you, obviously you value it very highly. Oh yeah. yeah. Like uh, my, as a car designer, uh, I did class A surfacing, which meant we painstakingly spent time looking at highlights, radiuses, over long surfaces like cars and mm-hmm. fenders and, and things like that. Yeah. So so how old were you, do you think, when it really, I mean, obviously you, you don't need the age, but where it really struck you is you're doing what you're doing and you said something really awesome that I really think our audience would really value. I, is I, you're always excited. Yeah. I find myself always running to work or running <laughs> into work at a fast pace because I just feel gifted that, I found something that that I just I enjoy it night and day. And, <laughs> really? and I, That's and I, great. I don't even feel like I'm getting paid. Like it's more like I'm doing my hobby and getting paid for it. You know. So I felt very fortunate yeah. that I found something. I don't think many people in the world totally kind of like find themselves walking fast into work. Yeah. <laughs> and and now years later, I even oh, moved my house close to my work. So I live two blocks away from here so I can walk and come back and forth from work whenever I want. I could literally be home six minutes from now and get lunch and come back. Okay. So (laughs) it's just, um, I don't know. I feel fortunate and I'm definitely one of those guys that's very happy to be creating. Yeah. Now, has it always been that way with you? Yeah. uh, Okay. From a small child, I was the kind of kid that, got a huge amount of Legos and didn't look at the instructions, just looked at the picture on the front and could build the castle. And, and, and I, at that time, I had no idea what industrial design was. I just liked to, to manifest with my hands. And I took more to tangible manifestation rather than drawing. I like to draw and I draw every day, but... I'm more like I love to use clay, automotive clay, or plastic, or hot glue, anything where I can create form quickly. I like that. There's that word again, quickly. Form quickly. Mm-hmm. So can you take a, uh, uh, can you or have you taken clients from just an idea in their head? Oh, 90% of my work is... Uh, Working with interior designers, architects, artists, and homeowners to manifest LED lighting that doesn't exist. So I don't buy anything. It doesn't exist. Yeah, I don't buy anything. (laughs) Like, if you guys look behind you, there's a light in the window uh, hanging right there. And I just made 400 of those. 
and you know we I, I designed it, uh, manufactured it, and UL listed it in six weeks. So uh, the LEDs from me, every the manufacturing's from me. I got it done quickly, and no one can really. There's not a lot of people that I compete with that can be like, hey, a client, yes. you have this idea for a light. I'll make it for you, make the LED, produce it, and sell it to you all in one package. So I don't have a line card or or things like that. I'm more or less, hey, you have an idea. I can bring it to life. Awesome. Yeah, I wanted to touch on that. Bring it to life. And interesting that it's actually light. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It, mm-hmm. it, that it is light. How, what's your thoughts on uh, you know bringing something from life with just an idea or a concept or a potential concept? I it's just uh, it's 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 kind of like breathing now. It's just what I do. Breathing. Y- you know, I just kind of there's where my specialty is is bringing objects that don't exist into form, kind of like models on the desk here are what's called SLA parts. And these are just quick ideas that I make that will turn into an aluminum extrusion that you can plant all my LEDs into. So, I mean, I have uh, right here, we have four 11 by 17 notebooks filled with just ideas over and over and over of everything that has to do with LEDs. Yeah, so once you take it from concept into prototype, into proof of efficacy, to actually being UL listed, is there an average time? Have you ever quantified an average time? Uh, I would say that I could do it as quick as six weeks. Um, Sometimes it takes longer. It just depends on the complexity of the UL listing and also the complexity of the object. The more surfaces, the more manufacturing processes that, that need to be involved to make it and things like that. And I make everything in the U.S. Oh, so, oh really? Okay. Yeah, so I really try to keep everything here. The group of people that work with me, I've worked with for many years, and we have a great relationship. I have a metal guy, a glass guy, uh, a fabricator, you know, all these different people that I can tap on the shoulder and say, hey, let's make this. I like that you tap on the shoulder. So obviously you have a personal relationship with people who can help facilitate all of this. Yes, yes, for sure. So it's not fair for me to say that I am the only creator. There's a lot of other talent that uh, I've known through college and or just met in design circles in San Francisco that have helped me manifest all these kind of ideas. Yeah, interesting that you say that, that you're not alone with it, but you are helping to facilitate all of it. And I, I don't know the specific quote with uh, from Michelangelo, but he wasn't alone. Everyone thinks it's it's Michelangelo, but he had to find who who makes the best marble, mm-hmm. who you know who can have the shine. Every all a lot of people are involved. Right, it. nothing's in a vacuum. Okay. The more the more talent you kind of have, like that, talent, that you yeah. trust and you work with, the better. And my focus is sketch to three D model. Um, when it comes into milling threads or blowing glass, I love to do that stuff. Yeah. But it's not, you know, like I'm only one person. Okay. You know, and so I focus on class A surfacing and production and knowing LEDs. Yeah. If you're at Liberty, what are some of the, who are the some of the clients that you work with if you're at Liberty to, uh, to share with us? Apple, Google, okay. Nike, Nordstrom, Clinique, um, everywhere 
from those guys that are big where we'll do every Apple store to uh, a guy, Ron, that just came here yesterday and we're making six fixtures. <laughs> you, you know, so it's like... Ron I've, with six fixtures. Right. So it's like I will do small things because I love artists and that type of stuff, but mm-hmm. I try to make them, you know, five to $10,000 and up so okay. I can really kind of sink my teeth into it. But, you know, Ron comes by and a bunch of other guys come by. They need some LED lights. I'll spend an hour in the shop putting them together, soldering some things for them, and they're really happy and they keep coming back. Yeah. So are your clients primarily U.S.-based or do you have some uh, around the world? Yes, they're they're primarily U.S.-based. And right now I am looking for people to scale the business with because my skill is design not Excel spreadsheets, pricing, billing, and those type of things. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I have a lot of people that, you know, work part-time and do stuff like that, but I'm looking for a team with people that are as passionate about developing a great company as I am. Yeah. Uh, how do you, what's your thoughts on this? I personally really value discovery more so than creativity, mm-hmm. right or wrong. What's your thoughts on, you know, how much do you use is, that is creative and how much is discovery, if you've ever quantified that mentally? Uh, as discovery is in developing something that doesn't exist? Yes. Um, I would say that my mind wanders to discovery 24 hours a day. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> really? that's l- awesome. Like, uh, there's, there, like, I have a new, it's not a light switch, but it's a, it's a J box that's specifically for LEDs. And it's really simple to make. We're going to get some patent work on that going. And it's just like finding places where things need fixed or where they don't exist. And I'm so blessed and fortunate that I'm in LEDs because the market is so ripe with uh, things that just need to change from high voltage electricity in the way that we install that to low voltage in LEDs and the whole requirements by the law don't have any idea what they're doing. Yeah, notice even the architects that we've had on our show, that was one of the a number of challenges, actually a lot of them, that was a big challenge from others. They're not as, as um, uh, experienced mm-hmm. in lighting and the changes in LED and how you just can't just switch over. Uh, right, there's, there's yeah. a huge learning curve is with those guys, but also the electricians. Oh, really? Those okay. guys are the hardest guys because they're kind of, they're a little threatened in a way. And I tell them on every job site, I'm like, listen, this is a good thing for you because this is a whole new market that's opening up that needs you guys involved. And they're still kind of scared they're going to, and it's like, it's not going to put you out of business. <laughs> it's going to make more business for you. So there is a big learning curve with like getting trust with those guys saying, hey, this is the way we should wire it up. Here's a way we can save you time. Because those guys are really about doing a good job, getting into the job site, getting out of the job site. And pretty much my job is to make that installation quick and effortless so they can make more money and get off to the next job. Yeah, here's a, here's a, a great quote. We'll touch on that when we, when we return. You're listening to The Modern Architect, KZSU, Stanford, 90.1 FM. Each year, The Lighthouse touches the lives of thousands of people, people who have been blind their whole lives or who are new to blindness because of eye disease or trauma. 
The Lighthouse works to help people achieve independence, equality, and self-reliance through rehabilitation training and needed services. This includes access to employment, education, and vital government information. You can help. Donations are always appreciated. To learn more, visit lighthouse-sf.org. We're talking today with Jason Doctor, founder and president of Shine On LED. For more information, you can visit shineonled.com. That's shineonled.com. Before we went into the break, Jason, I found a quote that's fitting to what you're talking about, who you need to bring on board for the good of everyone. And uh, it, it's a quote here. If Alexander Graham Bell had been a professional electrician, he would never have invented the telephone. Mm-hmm. He would have known that it was impossible. What aren't you doing because you know it's impossible? Share with us your thought on that, thinking it, if it would have been impossible. Well, that's interesting. Um Everybody my whole life told me no. Everybody said you can't go into design. No, you can't do that. No, you shouldn't do that. And I just, I just, I pop over them. I go over, <laughs> around, <laughs> through, or under. Yeah. Um, I lost my vision uh, as a little kid uh, when I was 12 years old, and that changed my life quite a bit. It just, it gave me the intestinal fortitude to just not give up. And when people, you know, my guidance counselor in high school said, no, no, you shouldn't go to college. Whereas the principal, Mr. Wolf, I still remember him. He, you know, he moved things around so I could take shop, mechanical drawing and art. And you were only allowed to have one. And he's like, I just see something in you. And I, I, I am forever grateful for a guy like that, but I'm also kind of grateful for the people that said no, because I don't take no, (laughs) you know, I develop things, you know, that people are like, Oh, you can't make that. I'm like, watch me, (laughs) you know, people at Phillips, they were like, Hey, you can't make that light. Look behind you. There's three of them in the window hanging there. (laughs) That's beautiful. So it's like, no, doesn't really work for me, you know? And I do my best to be as respectful as possible and just move forward when people say no. Yeah. Interesting that you said it was uh, Principal Wolf. Yes. Okay. You said he saw something in me and that was a time, as you said, you losing your sight. Right. Yeah. So interesting that he saw something in you and there's the take on the word, but seeing is not just visual. Right. I think that the idea that I have a big smile on my face when I see something I love, it can't be stopped. And I have a terrible poker face. I could never play poker <laughs> because I just, when I, when I see something, I, I love <laughs> I it and, can't, and I, I can't, I can't hold it back. Yeah. And I think that he may have seen, Hey, look, this guy's into mechanical drawing shop class and art. You know, not too many people have that spectrum where they can draw, they can do art, but they can build yeah. and just just love it. Yeah. And uh, I think he saw it like when I was 12, my mom passed away and, and he saw yeah. that like maybe this is what this kid needs. Yeah. And, you know, it being 12, going blind and losing your mom in oh. one year, you know, it could be a rough time. And that just gave me... I, now that I look back on it, it, it gave me the grit, maybe, Good to, word, great just, word. to get up and yeah. do it. Yeah. Speaking of grit, and if we'll digress a little bit, is uh, 
How did the name Shine On come about? <laughs> that's a that's a great uh, it's a great uh, story. As a kid, I was on swim team, and I was the worst swimmer on earth. The worst. <laughs> I came in last every time, but I was the first kid to run out of the pool, go try to get back up on the block, and try again. And at that time, I had really, really white blonde hair. And my mom (laughs) said, Jason, just go shine. Just go shine. So years ago, I started another LED company, and it was taken from me from a group of uh, private equity investors. So the next day, I went to Sacramento, started Shine on LED, and pretty much came from my mom's voice in my head saying, hey, go shine. That's so, outstanding. That's shine on LED. Oh, that's great. So, there, obviously, there's no stopping you, and the the lights keep moving. Mm-hmm. They, which is it's interesting that your your field is is the lighting, mm-hmm. and yet it keeps there's no end. Right. There's a quote, but it's in my uh, it's in my notes, and I don't want to go over there right now that it's relevant to it. But that shine onness. Do you kind of hear it in your own mind on a daily basis? I I hear that. I'm part of something where the innovation is kind of going down the road and I can either get on the bus or get off and (laughs) I keep running after the bus, new chips, new brightness, better CRI, better lumens, better ways to manufacture. So that's kind of like, I'm always trying to chase, uh, what is new and innovative and uh, I'm just, I just need the budget so I can yeah. just keep making. Yeah. And that's pretty much, you know, what I do with the money from Shine on LED. It all goes back into innovation, new power supplies, new engineers, new plastics, new glass blowers that can do this and that. So it's, uh, very, I take very little salary because I just, I'm just, I'm into creating more than I'm into getting a new pair of shoes. <laughs> and I just have always been that way. Now, what's interesting in reference to your, the budget is there are a number of manufacturers who have uh, pretty much an unlimited budget, but they don't have the mindset or I, the diligence or the dedication or commitment or the passion that you do. Is I, that true or not? I, well, from where I'm, I'm sitting, I think what they have is, is too big of a locomotive. Whereas I have a quick little motorcycle and I can, I can pivot and adapt quicker than them. So if a client comes to me and says, Hey, they want 800 feet of led, I can make the circuit board, put the led chips on there. You all list it and make something that doesn't exist. That has the most brand new leds that are on the market. And the bigger guys can't, can't, they can't even turn the machines on in time. (laughs) So um, I can literally, you know, go to my engineer, say, hey, let's make this and we can do it, you know, next week. So I, I think that being small like this gives me that opportunity in even bringing on, you know, investors or new partners. It, I'll never lose that. I'd rather have that than anything else out there. The, the ability to go make something and just go do it. Yeah. And not have to wait on anything that gets in the way. Yeah. What uh, What have you done recently, your most recent project that was like pretty, uh, pretty cool? Well, most recently is I'm making 
tunable LEDs. Tunable as an audio? Uh, no, they okay. can tune. Um, they can tune from a certain CRI to another CRI and a color. So instead color? of having a LED that's say three thousand K with a ninety five CRI, I can make them start at fifteen hundred K, go up to five thousand, six thousand K, while maintaining a very high CRI, and I'm cutting out switches. We don't need wiring of high uh, power switches anymore. It can all be low voltage switchings and done through phones and tablets and balloons through Wi-Fi in people's homes. So I can show you guys, I have tons of samples over here of just, you know, how I can tune an LED and keep its color rating index very high so rgb leds that are red green and blue their representation of white is very poor whereas the ones that i'm making our representation of white is in the 90 plus cri no matter where you push the scale from warm all the way to cool so i believe that's where what we're doing is husband comes home from work uh, he likes pure white. Wife comes home from work. She likes warm white. And they don't have to have two different lights. They can just hit a button on the wall and it goes from one to the other depending on who's in the room. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm focusing on. And I believe that the idea of having a central fixture in a room mm-hmm. is, is a thing of the past in a lot of ways in going linear and hiding the fixture uh, is where my focus is because a lot of architects want to focus on the architecture, not necessarily on this huge fixture they have to hang. So, you know, within like uh, these models on the desk here, within an inch to three inches, I can push out 3,000 lumens and the client will never know where the light's coming from. It just washes. 3,000? Oh, for sure. I can do 5,000 per linear foot. So, oh my gosh. So yeah, that's how that's how far ahead I am of a lot of the bigger guys is I can do ceiling lighting with 16 foot ceilings and push out 2 to 3000 lumens all day long. So like this new Salesforce tower. Right. Have, all, you, have you seen how that's Yeah. Okay, what's your thought on what they could have done different? <laughs> no, sure. If, and if you don't want to share it, you don't have to. But, no, no. Yeah, uh, but it's it, hard for me to hold anything back. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, I'd really have to kind of like look at their system. But, okay. I, you know, what they're doing is I would imagine that laws dictate what they have to do. Okay. And a lot of my job is talking to the head building inspector, the head electrical inspector in San Francisco, and pounding my fist on the table and saying, <laughs> this is the I way it's it. going to go. And because I'm the designer, the engineer, and the manufacturer, I can dictate and have my UL listing say that I want this power supply with this voltage and this amperage and this lumens, and he can't really tell me no as long as I'm UL listed. So there's this really kind of vague area, and I think a lot of the buildings that are... 
are really required under very stringent laws really have to watch that and they're forced maybe to use a lot of those kind of older fixtures that where Salesforce has something that's 500 lumens a foot and I'm at 3,000. Oh no, you I know, mean, my goodness, so you're just smoking them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like any. I mean, I look at competitors' fixtures that are mass production, and I'm just—it's not even close. Um, in Title Twenty Four, you know, I double that efficacy. You know, so it's like there's a lot of of things like the Title Twenty Four law that came out. I doubled its efficiency the day the law came out. You know, like it never has applied to me because my LEDs are so much better than what they yeah. require. And it's it's also a bit of education with the building inspector. They're not always the most, um, they, they could be grumpy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> You're being kind. But yeah. yeah okay. Uh, so, you know, having you all listing paperwork, having the PDF sheets, having the sign off from the head electrical inspector in town. They got nowhere else to go. I mean, right. Yeah, at that point, you're like, uh, okay. Right. Yeah. And, and there's been, I just did a, a big, big place in Reno and they just didn't have the, 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 my competitor pretty much drove me off the job site with pitchforks because <laughs> I was twice as bright. I could make it. And they really, you know, they brought an envelope or a, a three ring binder a foot thick with what they were going to do. And I just put down a piece of paper that had the building inspector of Reno's mm-hmm. stamp on it and a UL listing. And I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do. Oh. And the architect's just like, yes, you know? <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, but I feel fortunate. I don't want to get too big for my britches here. And I, I always want to uh, abide by what I have to do, but there's also a, a part of me that's like, you're not going to tell me no, because I know LEDs too well to, uh, they're just, they're not that powerful. They're not that in terms of like, 110 voltage versus okay. 24 volt you know there's a lot and they're really kind of going by the 120 volt or 110 that's in the wall whereas our stuff is all low voltage so there's a lot of rules that they're abiding by that are really kind of old and outdated oh this is this is great jason this is great this is the modern architect on kzsu stanford 90.1 fm Thulani Senior German Shepherd Rescue focuses on helping German Shepherds with limited life expectancies due to terminal illnesses or simply old age. Thulani rescues dogs from shelters or other life-threatening situations and provides needed medical and physical support, finding good homes where older shepherds can live out their lives with dignity and love. The organization now serves dogs in all of California and Nevada. You can learn more about Thulani, adopt a dog, or donate to help underwrite costs by visiting thulanidogs.org. We're talking today with Jason Doctor, founder and president of Shine On LED. For more information, feel free to visit shineonled.com. That's shineonled.com. Jason, I like this. Um, it sounds like there's kind of a dark side of the lighting industry <laughs> all right excuse my pun but is there there is a side okay. um, that needs education because it's such a new um, 
industry that a lot of people like the electricians installing typical light fixtures, the building inspectors, and homeowners. There needs to be a cohesive, understood rules of the road, and it's like the Wild West right now. So there's a ton of different companies. There's a lot of companies that you go into, huge box retailers. You look at the color of the light. You take the light out. I put it in my little light booth over here, and the colors don't, they're not even close. So it's like they're getting away with selling a light. They're saying it's 3,000K. I put it in the booth. And what is it typically? It, it's 300 off. You're 400 off, and the CRI is not even close. So, you know, I I don't know what the, the, the consumer really thinks about that, but in my standpoint, I'm working with interior designers and architects, and the color of light is is important as the brightness and the the look of the fixture. Yeah. So I like to keep my LEDs as high as CRI as possible with the the brightest light possible and those are kind of my two um my two main goals do you have a a favorite type of fixture or lighting right now you know i something that really turns you on no pun intended again the 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 tunable uh leds are really kind of doing they they make me warm and fuzzy in the morning um (laughs) because there's just there's so much opportunity there with uh, apps, with the space that they take up, with the amount of lumens, and really kind of going in and working with a client. And usually your client has a family, so lots of people like different color light for different situations. So there isn't any arguments. It's like, hey, I can tune this light to whatever Kelvin color you like or um, whatever lumen you like. And that, you know, working with Apple, it was actually one of my first jobs. Um, We, I I believe, we found a CRI in a lumen and a Kelvin color for them that could be consistent through all their stores. And that was a first for them because they would get LEDs and in the beginning of the roll, they'd be one color. And at the end of the roll, they would be somewhat different. And they want cohesiveness throughout the whole brand. So I developed, uh, I have it over here. You plug it into Photoshop, you hit red, green, blue value and plug it into the LEDs. It freezes the LED at that color and then no one can touch it. So say IBM comes to me okay. and says, hey, we have this blue. This is our branded blue. I can get an LED, tune it to that color, unplug it from my Photoshop interface, and freeze it at that. So every store they have is exactly that color. Because you'd be amazed. I've done uh, <laughs> restaurants down the street where the, the client's like, listen, we want this warm color in the restaurant. And I'll drive by and it's fluorescent green <laughs> because some employee opened up the light box, changed the color to what he likes, oh, and the, okay. the owner's not there. Yeah. So there's a, there's, oh. there's a bit of like when you're doing branding, the marketing guys and girls want that specific color, and I can deliver that because there's not a lot of LEDs that are exactly a Pantone color of the marketing group. So I can take that Pantone color, take it to Photoshop, 
reproduce it exactly, and then freeze it. Oh, that's got to blow the minds. Yeah, I think yeah. it's just getting myself out there and yeah. letting people know what I do because I've never advertised. It's all word of mouth, and it's all just people that know me and and things like that. So Yeah. Is there any uh, challenge recently that you can think of where they came in and you were just, just a little stumped? Hmm, let me think about that. Yes. Okay. I'll show it to you. Um, it, it It's getting small. Uh, a lot of my strips, because in the lights that I make are three quarters of an inch wide, inch wide, people are like, hey, can we do an eighth of an inch? So that's where I'm like, okay, well, there's a certain lumen output that you can get based on the thickness of the circuit board and you all listing and things like that. So it's taking it small and taking it micro. So we have a kick panel in a bathroom and we have a space in every cabinet that's an eighth of an inch. Can I make an extrusion and an LED that goes in there? that gives them the amount of light that they need. Mm -hmm. So at first I spent all my time going big, getting all those lumens. Now I'm, I'm working on going small and not needing so many lumens to fit a, either a price point or a design need, which is kick panels, you know, Mm -hmm. in bathrooms or in kitchens and in getting something that's very, very small. So that size there, is there any, uh, is there not a building that you've been in that you cannot improve the lighting? Uh, I mean, I'm really reaching maybe, but... I would say that it has to do with the current electrical system that's in the building now. Oh, really? So that's contingent on... Yeah, sometimes it's just like where their switches are, what the wiring's like in the walls. But now with the newer LEDs where I don't need switches and I can just control it from an iPhone or an <laughs> iPad... You know, there's not much I can't do. You know, if they have the budget and they want to spend the money, I can make you whatever you want. And that probably sets me apart. I, I don't, yeah. I don't really, I kind of just keep my Even nose a to the grinds. What's I mean, that? I'm going to say, say a stadium. Yeah. You know, or I've museum quality, you know, done both those. Okay. Um, well, I've you? done art galleries where you need a really bright light and a really good CRI to illustrate all the artwork so blue looks blue and uh that's one thing over on the wall here you see those round uh discs yes those go around beer mugs so when you're at the stadium and you put your beer down uh it's blue and when it cools your beer it turns white or when your team scores the place where your mug goes will light up the color of the team so I'm on able. On Yeah, like so. These no these are all kind of like Wi-Fi type things yeah. that are in the really good seats, and they're all tied together. And you know they have an IP address on them, and they can can be controlled. And they go into a cooler, so when you put your beer down, it always keeps your beer at 23 degrees, <sighs> and it'll tell you the color. You know, so that's when I get engineers coming to me and say, hey, we have this cooler. We have this idea. Can you make the LEDs? And it's like, can I? Please. I'll do it. Let's do it now. (laughs) (laughs) Really? So so you've always got this. We're going back to this again, but this enthusiasm for light. What is it about the light that is so... Uh, that draws you. <laughs> I I, well, I think. Uh, well, I think I like shiny things. Okay. Uh, 
but I think it's the idea that I'm able to create and design things and have them made, but I'm also in an industry where everything is moving quickly. So mm. there's nothing stagnant really in LEDs and everybody's just kind of like going at the, the speed of light, no pun intended. <laughs> and I'm fortunate and blessed to be on that, that train. So it kind of is very, uh, I'm just very enthusiastic about just yeah. keep going. And Dan's like, Oh man, how many people get paid to do this? And I do, <laughs> and I'm doing it, you yeah. know? So I, it's, it's, it's just effortless for me to be excited. There's never a, there's never a point where my bucket is empty of just enthusiasm to make products, especially LEDs. Yeah, especially LEDs. It uh, there, so there is no end in essence. Yeah, you know, I used to design cars. I did furniture. I did medical instruments, and now I'm doing LEDs. Yeah, and um, I just I'm having a great time doing it. Yeah, how about the hospitals? Now that you mentioned the uh, medical, uh, I would think they would highly, well, everyone values, not, well, actually, that's not true. Not everyone values proper lighting, but in the medical field, it's actually life and death. Mm -hmm. What's your experience in there? Well, I did um, handheld instruments for surgery. So uh, I was definitely fascinated by the lighting that were it was in there because it was so bright and the color was so great. So I do think that everything is getting so small in terms of LEDs that it's just going to be a normal uh, situation where you're going to have the light that you need for the task. And that's where LEDs really, um, there's just no competition in terms of, you know, having a single fixture be able to take care of every need that you could bring to it. Yeah. Whether reading, ambience, or, you know, having a candlelight dinner next to it and having it turn the color of a flame. You oh. know, so that's a very fortunate um, situation. And that's where I see, like, and also there's a lot to be said about the mood that lighting can put people in and affect their kind of temperament and things like that. That there's a lot of new studies and research that's really giving a lot of merit to, you know, changing the color of light in a waiting room mm -hmm. or in your hospital room and not just having fluorescence. So that's true. So it's in essence affecting behavior. Oh, for 1000%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How I share with this, how you, your experience is that it, it actually does affect behavior, both negative and positive. Well, I, I do know that there's frequencies that fluorescent lighting vibrates at that is not really conducive to keeping your eyes in the right focus point. Okay. So they make your eyes bounce all over the place. It's kind of like reading when you're on a plane or reading in the car where you're bouncing all over. Well, fluorescents kind of do that same thing where your eyes are always trying to stay straight and focused and not bounce around. And LEDs really kind of don't have that effect. And there's a lot of really unique ways that you can test whether an LED is blinking on and off really fast. If you just wave your hand in front of it very fast and you see your hand kind of spotted, uh, you know that the flicker rate of the LED is poor. 
And there's some buildings down here in San Francisco. I drive by them like, those things are garbage. They spent a million dollars on those lights, and they are garbage because you can oh. see them kind of vibrate. And that has everything to do with everything from the circuit board to the resistors to the power supply to the switching. Everything is just not working together properly. And, and that's recent. Oh, yeah. It's a brand new building. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. So in your estimations, they spent, they invested oh, a million dollars. in Easily. Yeah, you're talking a 10, 15-story building, um, you know, more than 100 apartments in it, and they have sconces up and down all four sides of the building that flicker at a weird rate. At a weird rate? <laughs> yeah, it's just like this. You look at it, and you're like, something isn't right there. So So even though the, the actual occupants and yeah. the owners may not be aware of if its effect, it truly is. Yes, and I, I don't think that they really knew it. You, you know, it's like they pick something out of a catalog. Yeah. They think that it's going to perform well, and you put it up, and it's not. Oh. This is the Modern Architect, KZSU 90.1 FM, Stanford. Arts Earth is a nonprofit media organization headquartered in the San Francisco Bay Area that promotes the arts worldwide by providing complete event promotion for artists, organizations, promoters, and venues. Arts Earth covers dance, film, literature, music, theater, visual arts, and multimedia, featuring original reviews of performances, exhibits, and showings, fundraisers, and live engagements worldwide by the Arts Earth staff. For more information, please visit artsearth.org. We're talking today with Jason Doctor, founder and president of Shine On LED. For more information, you're welcome to visit shineonled.com. That's www.shineonled.com. Jason, talking about, the, it sounds like waste, just utter waste that goes on even today. Um, what's needed now to get the, the industry, if not up to speed completely, but at least halfway there in your, in your opinion or experience? Well, I think right now we're at like LED 2.0. Okay. Yeah, a lot of the fixtures I see out today are from 1.0 to 2.0, and I'm trying to work at 5.0 and be really <laughs> a- ahead of everything. And it's you know, it's like everybody has a budget, and that's fine. Um, and everybody has a line card. I don't, you know, everything I make is state of the art. It's brand new. It's innovative, and we've designed it from ground up. So. A lot of architects, they have to have your lighting rep, and that lighting rep represents 20 brands, yeah. and that's it. Well, I, I don't know what the future of that model is going to be because, Very true. Yeah. you know, that old model of having a line card, having a list of products that you represent is going to morph into something different, especially if we're having such a huge need for filling homes and apartments with lighting where you can't tell where the lighting's coming from or you're not paying for that outward really nice fixture because you can get twice as amount of light if you do it if you design it a different way with something not in the center of the room so i there there's definitely going to be a shift and uh, I think it's going to lead to more innovation. It's going to lead to some people having their jobs changed a little bit. And um, 
that's that's where I kind of see uh, things going. Yeah, it's back to affecting behavior. That's also affecting the behavior of the industry. Yes, for sure. There's a lot of people um, that are angry with the way the industry's going. But the one thing that's that about lighting is it's very fragmented. There's sure. a thousand yeah. different companies that make a thousand different fixtures. And I believe that'll probably evolve in the future. Um, to be less? To be less okay. and to be have more players um, that are kind of like rolling the roost because a lot of the smaller guys are really kind of taking care of business now because I can just innovate so quickly. Um, and those big guys, they're just, their lumens are poor, their CRI's poor, and they're dealing with, hey, we had to buy 100,000 fixtures to turn the machines on. We got to get rid of these. So they have to push them on their line cards. So... I'm not dealing with those huge machines at huge manufacturing uh, and still meeting the need of doing a 10-story high-rise. Yeah. Or filling, you know, I just finished a, an office space downtown, you know, with 800 feet of light that's all office lighting. So, you know, like I can fit that need and make an extrusion, make the hangers and all that type of stuff and totally compete with these guys and just have my lighting just be better um <laughs> for lack of better term i know we're laughing about it, but it's just amazing how uh how nimble quick and strong you are at the same time yeah yeah i i don't know how it got that way i think i yeah. just kind of reached out to people that i knew were talented and kept working with them and um yeah, I think a lot of small business have those those opportunities where they can be nimble and pivot, and we can do that. Um, so soon we're going to be getting more machines, so I can produce more, you know, prototypes. And uh, it's not bad bringing your two dogs to work every day. You know? Oh yeah, it reminds <laughs> me of this great quote, and it's by uh, I know an American Indian chief, and he had said, uh, um, <laughs> "It's so." kind of not appropriate but it is in reflecting our discussion today is it's better to have lightning of the fists than thunder of the mouth mm -hmm. what's your take on that even though it seems like wow i don't even know how i came up with yeah that. uh very a lot i need to censor myself because <laughs> i get very excited and i and i kind of lose track of words and i and i want to be kind <laughs> and have a humanistic approach to everything i do <laughs> But then again, you know, I get people that chase me off job sites. I mean, I was chased and uh, chased like in uh, in Reno from a huge lighting company that was like, "You can't do this. You can't do this." And it's like, I don't work for that lighting company. I work for yeah. the architect and the client. Yeah. And they well, they'll come in, have a background deal with the electrician. Hey, you got to use my buddy that works for so and so, and they lose out on a huge job. But I bring in my prototypes and I bring in my light. They turn on theirs. I turn on mine. And the client picks. Oh, the there it is. It's ultimately, picks. yeah. Yeah, because I don't get to pick. You know, I just, yeah. I just lead them to what is my best product. And then all in all, they get to decide. They sign the check. And a lot of these lighting companies... They're upset. <laughs> They're upset. Well, we're definitely not upset with the, with your interview. This has been awesome. Um, what you thought on this quote here? It's by Thomas Farron. Light 
is the first element of design. Without it, there is no color, form, or texture. Again, Thomas Farron, what's your thought? That, that reminds me of beginning years of college where we had to take uh, uh, three months of color, three months of form, and three months of space. And when you think about it, light really reflected every aspect of the result of each one of those classes. So, you know, I'll be working in 3D and take a light and pivot it around my object or my, my light to look how the shadows treat the surface. And maybe I just realized this right now, but it's like everything I do has to do with bouncing of light whether it's car fenders or interiors or LED fixtures, I'm always looking at the way texture and light reflects off the object to get my form. And um, the funny thing is, is I never saw texture till 2013. Oh. And I got eye surgery and it was the first time I saw texture on the street oh, or texture on a flower. I was like, oh my God, look at the texture on the flower. <sighs> So it was like, uh, it was like a whole new world to me. Um, but definitely light, it's great to have the tools where I can look at surface and look at my designs in, uh, in a virtual world and have that match the real world and kind of like look at the light when it's, you know, in 3D and then look at it hanging in the window and it's identical. Outstanding. Jason, it's been a real honor and pleasure. An hour's gone by already. <laughs> yes, I know. I want to keep going. I love this. We gotta, hopefully, you consider coming on our show again of in course. the very near future. Yeah, really, yeah, really. I love, love, love to have you as well. Um, thank you. You're We're welcome. honored again. You're welcome. You've been listening to The Modern Architect. I'm Tom Dioro. Our guest today has been Jason Doctor, founder and president of Shine On LED, and is located in a 3,000 square foot commercial space in San Francisco. Shine On LED creates custom LED lighting fixtures for discerning clients and produces lighting solutions for the retail fixture industry and develops custom and one-of-a-kind LED fixtures. For more information, feel free to visit shineonled.com. That's shineonled.com. Join us again next time when we welcome another outstanding architect, engineer, influencer, or civic leader committed to positive and sustainable cities, communities, and lives. The Modern Architect is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Palo Alto, California, and on location throughout the San Francisco Bay Area, and is a production of KZC Radio. Today, the recording engineer is Darlene Franklin, Chief Engineer Mark Lawrence, and we're all assisted by Akshay Jaggi. And the executive producer and host of The Modern Architect is Tom Diaro. If you wish to contact us, our email address is interviews at kzsu.stanford.edu. Again, that's interviews at kzsu.stanford.edu.